Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. My guest here is Kenny Han. Kenny Han is a real estate professional and realtor in the Bay Area. Kenny also has been nominated for multiple months as a top producer for his team and has also seen success as a CrossFit coach. Kenny, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really honored. I, just, I should just bring you everywhere and be my good hype man. <laughs> you know, as we um, usually start um, with the show here, we usually ask, you know, about your journey here and how'd you end up being located where you are today? Um, located meaning like uh, my new uh, job here or how I ended up uh, being a realtor? Yeah. Yeah. Just um, in general there, you know, the, the question is pretty open-ended. Yeah. Um, you can kind of answer it you know, to where you think you are in life or where you are with your career right now. Yeah. You know, the, the funny thing about realtors is that nobody really sets out thinking that, Hey, I kind of want to be a realtor. Yeah. <laughs> kind of want, you know, there's a lot of transferable skills. There's a lot of things that kind of, um, you know, mesh that blends really well with what you were doing before. Um, and that also happened to be the case for me. Uh, I was coaching CrossFit, really into it, um, really into fitness so, you know, it so happened that uh, my team leader, Yvette Peterson, was also in the same box. It's, it's what we call a gym at CrossFit is a box. Uh, okay. So, you know, and then she kept, uh, you know, poking away and be like, Kenny, I think you'd be great in real estate. And she was, you know, she just started out, I think, a couple of years in and she kept talking to me about it, talking to me about it. Um, and then just one day just clicked. And, uh, you know, I think it's also when we started looking for a house, my wife and I, mm-hmm. and um, I was able to kind of you know, be more hands-on and more involved. And I realized, oh my God, like maybe, maybe this could be something for me. Um, and the next thing I know, I was, uh, you know, part of her, or part of her brokerage, uh, not on her team yet, but kind of just working on the side and being an intern mm-hmm. and then also taking my courses over at Chamberlain School of Real Estate here, over here in Campbell. Okay. And then uh, from there, I would just immerse myself and, um, just dove head in and and was really um, you know really adapted to it really quickly. Um, so were you able to sustain having um, your CrossFit uh, role here while also taking these real estate classes and being an intern too, or did you have to just um, kind of switch all together? Here, I did try to blend in um, as much as I could. Uh, I, I coach primarily in the mornings and I coach mm-hmm. a lot of fun- fundamental courses. And then I would, uh, after that, I would basically um, be full time with the real estate as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And then in the evenings, I would try to take my courses online, um, as well as try to pass, uh, you know, the exam for the state. Going in, did you think it was going to be a full time thing um, here? And, or did you think that you would keep, you know, doing CrossFit um, for quite a while and maybe, you know, do real estate during the weekends? Because, um you know, just looking at your social media, you you look very involved, um, you know, with your team, um, mm-hmm. with the profession. And it kind of le- it looks like you you kind of left that CrossFit life behind you in a sense. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the wonderful thing about CrossFit is that it's, it's always a welcoming community. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, kind of what you call a tribe. Right. Like you you the people that you meet there are are lifers like, you know people get it. Um, you know, it's, it's a different kind of mindset when you do CrossFit and the joke about CrossFit is you always talk about CrossFit yeah. right? and it's just more of a lifestyle that you live. 
Um, so, you know, that never really goes away, but I did have to give that up a little bit. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where you can't have everything, but you try to blend in as much as possible. Um, so I did give that up a little bit, uh, you know, to be able to transition to a different career that I thought was more, um, financially, you know, beneficial mm-hmm. and where I can quickly transition, you know, whereas other places where you probably would have to, um, you know, either politics or, you know, glass ceiling would probably take a little bit longer. Um, here, I was able to kind of just, you know, blend in pretty quickly, learn fast, um, really put my time into it and really immerse myself into, um, you know, honing my craft here. That's something completely brand new. Yeah, you know, about that CrossFit culture, my fiance um, used to do a lot of CrossFit herself, mm-hmm. and uh, she's from, you know, the Chino Hills, so Southern California area, and she would talk about it all the time, how, you know, she misses her community there because, you know, she moved mm-hmm. up to Northern California to uh, have a life with me. Uh, mm-hmm. So in essence, she she's always referencing, okay, you know, I really miss my CrossFit tribe, you know, the, yep. they have like what the workout of the day or something mm-hmm. there and it really mm-hmm. keeps you in tip-top shape you know um you know from me the outside looking in you know i've always thought man you know why do why are people so into crossfit right yeah. and i see the exercises um that you guys implement and it's like wow you know i can kind of see why you guys are all like in tip-top shape because yeah. you know these exercises are no joke you know so yeah i mean you know when i'm when i'm coaching um it's it's one of those things where you evaluate you know, who can really cut it. And every time, um, you know, I'm, I'm people that are the women, surprisingly, right? You'd yeah. be amazed because what they do really well and, and more by innate nature is they also have a higher tolerance for pain, mm. right? But another thing they do really well is they're amazing about checking their egos at the door because what they really want to do is, am I doing this right? Right. Be like, Kenny, is, is this a good form? You know? Um, and so it makes the transition easier. Uh, they're more natural at the movement. It's more graceful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they tend to just pick things up faster because I think they're also really good listeners and take directions well. You know, that's the first time I've heard of that, that women are, you know, much, much better. Oh, or... superior. Or like, like, if you ever watch the CrossFit games, I'd rather watch yeah. the women and the men. Because what happens with a lot of the, the, the guys that come in, um, you know, because, you know, you, you, you bring your ego with you. Um, if you're starting out, you know, it, it's, it's super difficult because these people, they've clocked in, you know, not just like months, but years and thousands of reps that goes with these super difficult lifts. Like Olympic lifts are just not an easy thing to pick up. Right. right? Um, so when you're doing these things, uh, the degree of difficulty is high, um, and the, you know, and your injury is also really high if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. So for dudes, you know, they're like, okay, well, I have to kind of just temper your ego and try to, you know, start you out lighter just so that you're able to pick things up faster. And then sometimes they kind of size each other up. You're like, okay, well, what that guy's, what's that guy lifting? You're like, well, that's like 345, right? Yeah. Lift, and then here he is, you know, it's like just screeching his back like a cat, and it's just terrible. And, you know, it's going to be painful for him, you know, later on, um, you know, and sometimes you have to kind of just let them fail before you're like, okay, look, you know, you ready to do it correctly? Because when you are, just come get me. I also found that young men in their 20s, it's tougher to let go of that ego because, mm-hmm. you know, they're always 
thinking about, okay, how much can I put on? How much yeah. weight can I do? What, what's the next thing I can like one up, you know, yeah. this guy next to me, as opposed to, you know, maybe a guy in their thirties and beyond, you know, they've kind of been through that stage there sure. and they understand the importance of, you know, being pain free and being yeah. injury free and, um, emphasizing more of like form and more yeah. of like flexibility, pliability, pliability, um, there and just using lighter weight in general. Um, I think that's pretty important, you know? So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Cause you know, uh, also what happens is that your body will let you know, yeah. right. And this is, and this is, it's just how injuries are. Um, and your, your body will break down. Uh, and if it's just through, you know, really poor repetition, uh, you know, poor, fundamentals um and, and people know it like they watch you i mean you can muscle certain things but you can't muscle everything you know yeah uh, and that's where you really have to have good technique in order to master some of this uh some of these lifts you know talking about uh, habits and activities um what is a simple habit or activity that consistently make you productive and happier each day um you know for me both with crossfit and in real estate it's just if you can own your morning you can own your day Mm. Right. If you if you can have consistency and getting a good start and having pairing your habits or stacking them together so that it just becomes more efficient. Uh, that's the one thing about CrossFit is everyone's looking to be most the most efficient. Right. You're mm. not trying to do things more than you have to. Um, you're not trying to make it harder than you have to. Uh, so, you know, that's the one thing that I really um carried over as well into real estate where for me like i come to the office uh, every day right um that's because i feel most productive here uh, there's people here that's also willing to share um you know their experiences because in real estate you can't really recreate some of these things these are happening fluidly and and live yeah right so you, you can't recreate you know a transaction that's super difficult and learn from that unless it's happening um naturally so sometimes in the office, you know, people are here willing to share because that's just our our culture here at Keller Williams. Mm -hmm. right? We'll be like, hey, look, you know, I messed up here. Don't make the same mistakes I made. Right. Yeah. And I always believe that winners surround themselves with winners mm. um, there. So it's it's vital that you, you go into the office because it's very easy to just kind of, you know, sit back, you know, stay yeah. at home there, just wear your PJs yeah. uh, throughout the day. And oh, it's and, easy. And still, you know, try to succeed that way yeah. um, there. But I think you're right because, you know, a lot of high performers that I've talked to, you know, they have a routine down um, there and mm -hmm. they owe it. And they and one of the first things that they like to do is, you know, they like to, you know, wake up early. They like to, you know, work out. Uh, they like yep. to eat healthy, uh, surround themselves yep. with winners. And that's how that's how they, um, you know, earn their own trust and their own motivation. Yeah, you know, and, and the hardest thing is to be able to kind of just recognize some of your blind spots and your weaknesses. Um, yeah. and, and that's going to take some time too. like, you know, in your 20s, you're not going to figure that stuff out. Um, you're, you're still going to have an ego, you, you know, you're not going to be as real to yourself. And then later in your 30s, you, you figure stuff out, but at the same time, it might not be the same maturity level. Um, and, you know, sometimes for us, we're more stubborn and it kind of takes a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, you know, and for me, it, it's just where once things click, um, and I think also having my daughter and being a new dad, it, my life simple world smaller. 
you know, so it just, um, it, it just made things a lot easier. And then for me, consistency was key. So I knew exactly what I needed to do. Um, I knew my routine in the morning. Um, I knew what it took to be successful, you know, after a year or so, you know, mm -hmm. a year or two, kind of figure it out. Um, and then once I was able to do that, just to be able to maintain that and, um, and keep feeding the pipeline and, and be able to, you know, stay productive. Awesome. Conversely, have you managed to break an unhealthy habit lately? And if so, how did you do it? Man, um, you know, for me, it was like only my mornings again, because mm -hmm. being the new dad, um, you know, there's certain things that you kind of give up and, and being not being able to go to the gym during the pandemic uh, was difficult. Um, you know, with COVID, we, we you know, you, you lack the motivation sometimes. You're gonna, there's so many other things going on. Um, and so only my morning again was really good. You know, another habit um, that I was trying to break, you know, personally, professionally, professionally, you know, one of the things I, I did a better job of um, this past year was asking for help, hmm. right? Um, sometimes in my job, you know, there's certain people here that makes it look so easy. And you're like, oh my God, like, how'd you just do that, right? Um, and those are skill sets that they've had over time. And sometimes you don't even know what's going on because you, what you don't know, you don't know. Right. And so sometimes for me, it's like, you know, I, I don't want to look stupid or sound stupid. Um, and so you, you just don't ask and you try, to yeah. figure, you try to figure stuff out. Yeah. And um, so that was one of the things I was trying to do was to ask better questions, ask for help, Right. Um, and then have a little, you know, have some humility and, and, and not worry about how I looked. So that way, you know, I can save time, I can have a successful transaction, and I can put more money in my pocket. Yeah, I think that asking for help, it's a challenge for a lot of people here, you know, even as they've uh, matured and, and grown up in life and stuff. It's, it's kind of like that whole ego thing where, you know, you're asking for help, you think that you're weak, right? Mm -hmm. But in essence, I feel like you, when you're asking for help, it actually show, it actually shows kind of strength from your sure. part, right? Because you're actually willing to put yourself out there, right? And you're willing to, you know, get better as a person. You're willing to grow here. And you're actually, um, when you ask for help from someone, you're actually, it's actually a really, um, it's actually a really good thing, you know, for yeah. that other person. Because it makes them feel better that, you know, they're trying to help you out. Sure. Yeah. I mean, another thing that, you know, I had to really break my habit on was just trying to be more uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, you get so into your own little zone, into your own little world. And, you know, any, any wrinkle that comes along, um, it just. Um, and I had to change my mindset of the way I kind of approach work because, you know, things that we do here is every day is uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's a personal business contact. Yeah. And, you know, every situation isn't normal. Every situation isn't by the book. So you have to kind of be able to adapt. Um, and things that, you know, there's so many ways to be successful as a realtor. So you got to be able to also figure out, okay, what are my weaknesses, right? Just like in CrossFit, um, you know, you know exactly where your strengths are, right? It's always highlighted. You're like, you know, I got, you know, I got really good biceps, upper body, right? So every day you're so stoked for that, that wad, like you were talking about for workout of the day. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if you were weak on your legs or your squats or Olympic lifts or, you know, jump rope or rope climb, whatever it is, then you're like, well, I might just avoid that day. Yeah. Right. So then suddenly, you know, you're uncomfortable. It's just, you know, it's just only on the things you, you do really well. So suddenly, you know, you become vulnerable and you're exposed um, and it's not the easiest thing. Yeah, and it's it's tough because, you know, on one end we want to be well-rounded and another end we want to cater to our strengths, right? And I totally relate about the whole fitness thing where, you know, maybe you're working out one part more than the other. You know, I used to be very top-heavy mm-hmm. um, in the past there and would neglect my legs mm-hmm. and neglect cardio um, right. altogether. But then there came, there comes, you know, there comes a part of your life where you're like, okay, well, I need to reevaluate, you know, what my fitness goals are. Sure. If my fitness goals, is it to bench press, you know, X amount and look and look yeah. really heavy or do I want to be well-rounded? Do I want to be healthy on there yeah. and also, you know, kind of implement running at the same mm-hmm. time? So it's something that, you know, you have to acknowledge for yourself and, you know, for you to acknowledge your weaknesses, do you put a list down of things that you want to work on um, here? Is this something that you mentally just ask yourself and then you just, you know, put put action into it um, here? How do you acknowledge these weaknesses of yours? I think the first thing you need to do is just to, to, to recognize your blind spots first. Yeah. Right. Like it's not like someone's, you know, it's not like you have, you hold a mirror in front of you all the time and know your weaknesses, you know, sometimes you kind of just step into it and then things keep happening repeatedly. You're like, why is this happening to me? Mm -hmm. Right. Or like, why do I still suck at this? You said that like any habit, it's just more repetition. And, you know, like being in the gym, the first lift is the hardest, yeah. right? Um, even for real estate, either the first call is the hardest or the first door knocks the hardest. And then after that, you just do it, yeah. you know? Um, so, I mean, there's so many, I mean, there's so many things that I sucked at, like so much, right? Um, and everything that is asked of us here is so uncomfortable because you've never done it before. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, I mean, nobody likes to door knock and farm or make care calls, you know, or follow up. I mean, these are like sometimes they're really boring and mundane and unsexy. Mm-hmm. And then you got to find the motivation, you know, to be able to go after it because you're working on your weaknesses and your blind spots. Um, you don't want to have any holes in your game. Right. Um, same for CrossFit. Like, you know, you may be good at all. If you can't jump rope or do double unders or climb rope, right, um, or do Olympic lifts, uh, I mean, you know, forget it. I mean, you yeah. you won't be able to, you know, finish in a timely manner or you won't be able to compete like you want to. So those are the things that, you know, you try to work on after and just get better at it. Um, but like anything else, you really got to clock in and put the time into it. It's funny because I don't think anyone in social on social media you know they see your accolades they see your awards kenny and they don't see all the stuff that you put in you know behind the scenes and all the work that you put in they think okay you know i see kenny is a top producer you know at his at his uh company you know it must be easy for kenny you know it must all this all this stuff just falls into his lap here but i'm just glad that you're able to display that it you know, you do put in the time, you do yeah. put in the work here and you do things that you don't want to do. And that's I how mean, you succeed. 
I wish, you know, I wish you can see my first year. I mean, it, I, it was, it was a hot mess. I mean, you know, you're, you're learning everything that's brand new. It's like a foreign language. Um, you know, it's, it's like a sports analogy would be, you know, if you were a rookie, like any rookie, you're just so green. Uh, the game is happening so fast. Yeah. And sometimes you kind of just fake it till you make it. And then, and then you're like, what did I just say? <laughs> like, does that make sense? You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, like if you're on the court and you're, and you're a rookie and you're like, I should be here. And then by the time you turn around the gate, the play is already over. Right. Um, and so I just couldn't be, I just couldn't get this level of the speed uh, to kind of catch up to where I wanted to be. And sometimes it's frustrating because, you know, you're, you feel like people are, are working at a different, you know, looking at a chessboard and I'm playing checkers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's one of those things where look, you, know, you have to accept that, Hey, I'm new at this. I'm very green and I need to just listen and not talk. And I yeah. need to observe, you know, and not say anything. Um, and, you know, just stay humble uh, and keep working at it and keep grinding away. Uh, so, I mean, that was my approach. Uh, you know, and then once you once you can build momentum, uh, you figure stuff out, then it makes more sense. Then the game slows down and then you can kind of see the chess pieces now that you couldn't see before. Um, and then, you know, you're able to just keep honing your craft all the time, you know, where. For me, you know, I think I could, you, you think you can kind of just talk in this. Talking is also about listening. Yep. And it's not just about listening. And then it's also asking about right, asking the right questions. Yeah. Right, and so then, it doesn't it doesn't happen right off the bat. Oh yeah, right there you kind of make you you might have to you know shadow right. um, a coworker and and kind of uh, you know see how he approaches right. um, you know a sales call mm-hmm. um, there and you kind of you pick things up along the way and then you kind of implement your own way right. as well. Yeah. So I like that because you I like that analogy where you compare it to you know a sports player you yeah. know growing up. There, you know, when they first come up to the big leagues, you know, everything's happening so fast sure. on there. And you have to learn how to slow the game up, you know, s- slow your heartbeat up and just be able to, you know, kind of make these decisions, um, you know, wisely along the way here. Yeah. I mean, I think for a lot of athletes, especially, you know, being um, in real estate, sometimes you just are so nervous. Right. Yeah. You just have nervous energy and you just keep talking. Um, so you have to kind of just, you know, control yourself there and figure out, you know, what does I need to say? Um, what are the questions I need to ask? What does I need to listen to? You know, are my clients being tended to? Am I following up well enough? Right. Yeah. You know, that's a big so, one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, I mean, there's just, you know, there's so many little nuances that go with it. Um, you know, and then, I mean, there's so many things that you have to do to kind of hone your craft to. I mean, like I would be at script practice with other, my peers, um, mm-hmm. you know, just practicing, practicing and trying, you know, don't, I don't, I didn't care if I sounded stupid cause I just need to be able to hear myself, you know, right. Um, and then figure out, okay, well, now that I know the material, I can internalize it mm. because now I feel more comfortable as to what to say. Right. And after that, I can personalize it because now I can deliver it the way I want it to, because now I feel comfortable with my speech and it's more clear and concise and succinct. I can totally agree with you about, you know, you have to practice, you have to record yourself um, there if you want to get better. Um, When I started 
um, this show here. You know, it was a mess, you know, to be honest with you. And I actually had mm-hmm. a, a another podcast in addition to this where I co-hosted with someone else. It was a poker podcast. And if you heard our first, you know, few episodes, you would think, man, you know, these guys don't know what they're doing, you know. But like you said, you get better each day. And it's, you know, kind of, yes. you know, you show up, you try to get better. Um, you try to get better each day, each week. And eventually, you know, you'll you'll get to a mark that you're satisfied with. Yeah. I mean, as of late, um, you know, this year, our team, uh, the Peterson Ripley team, we've been picking up on more of uh, systems. We've been leaning on more systems. Um, And then, you know, on our team, we're also participating in this Miracle Morning group, right? Mm -hmm. That just helps start our day. Uh, And then within that group, we're also reading the book Atomic Habits. By James Clear, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Just really profound. Like, just, you know... um, there's a, I think somebody mentioned that, you know, they've been reading this book for a year. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're like, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> I mean, I can go through that in, in like a week or, or, you know, a month, but then I get what they're saying now because there's so many little details where you have to kind of go through and figure out what that was because, you know, you don't realize the habits that you're um, either creating or you're not even seeing it. Mm-hmm. Right. So then, so then you have to kind of play things back until you figure it out. Um, I can't remember what chapter it was, but there's one where um, they were saying that, you know, you're building on one percenters. What you're trying to do is build off, um, you know, make small gains through everything in your life. And they were using, I think, a, a sports um, story where it was the British cycling team. And they were just obscurity for such the longest time until they changed the coach. And then the coach implemented this 1% of just improving every aspect of your life, right? Where now you're talking not just about training, but also about eating healthy. And not just about eating healthy, but just having a nutritionist, right? And then from a nutritionist, you're looking at, okay, well, what else can we do? Maybe we can improve, you know, um, aerodynamics in our clothing, an extra 1% there. We can improve our nutrition, right? Extra 1% there. Okay, well, how how much are we sleeping, right? Another gain there. Okay, and then what better are we using, right? Another gain there. So those domino effect kind of just carry over. So then your mindset changes to, you know, everything I'm doing is striving for more and more gains. And then you don't realize that, you know, all these things build up and you're doing it repeatedly because they're working. And then next thing you know, you know, you're successful. And I think like either the last Olympics or the Olympics before them, they just dominated, like England just dominated cycling, which has never been before. And they won, I don't know, like, you know, five, seven years worth of Tour de France, kind of like their Super Bowl of cycling. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, realize that, you know, suddenly now you're a powerhouse before you were, you know, not even on the map. Yeah, you know, I think Baylor, they won the national championship in yeah. college basketball here. And I think it was about 10 years ago, um, their coach, you know, they came. he came up to the mic and, you know, Baylor's never won anything. Sure. They never went to the, they never went to the big dance, mm-hmm. you know, nothing. And he just said, you know what, we're going to work every single day. We're going to get better every single day. And, you know, eventually we're going to be at, be at the top. 
yeah. and people thought he was crazy at the yep. time here. And, you know, you go 10 years later, you know, they're right up at the top of the mountain. Yep. And, you know, that's, you know, you can contribute that to, you know, probably all the hard work, you know, all the little things that they've added. Yeah. Um, not just, you know, adding talent, but they probably, you know, elevated their, um, their coaching. They probably elevated their uh, fitness yes. uh, regimen um, there. Just every little thing, you add that up every single day, every single year. Yeah. And eventually you'll, you know, get to the top and you'll be a powerhouse um, yeah. in this league. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a quote in the book uh, in Atomic Habits that really stick out to me. And, and I think it goes, um, you know, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems, hmm. right? Because what it's trying to tell you is that goals are great, but then goals are only if you want to win a few times, right? But if you want to win repeatedly, then you rely. I love it. And uh, I still have to, you know, get around to reading the book, to be <laughs> honest with you. Um, you know, I usually you get books. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. You know, when I when I heard it, I just started in my head judging and mocking. And then I, as I was reading, I'm like starting back again, like on chapter two, or did I go back to something else that um, mm-hmm. was just, I was like, I need to read this again, right? To really fully grasp it. Because sometimes you read it, it's kind of like where, you know, I'm, I'm at fault, you know, and probably in, 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 in most marriages is like, okay, well, I hear you, but I'm not listening. Yeah. Right. And then be like, okay, well, I read it, but I don't understand it. Like, and then later on, you're like, oh my God, like that's, that's, you know, that's totally my downfall right there. Like I see it. Yes. I'm going to go get that book there and I'm going to recommend, you know, reread, you know, reading it and, and rereading it again um, here, maybe even yeah. taking notes on top of that. Uh, because I hear that book is, you know, really beneficial to everyone. Yeah. Now, you've been that, in. Oh, good, sorry. sorry, you've been in, uh, you know, you've been in real estate, um, you, you've been in the fitness industry, but was there another industry that piqued your interest in terms of utilizing a creative side of you? Man, you know, I actually really loved, um, I really liked playing poker. Yeah. That was something that I did, you know, uh, quite a bit. And I was pretty successful at. And, you know, I think it's very relatable because it's, there's a, there's a deeper level of competitiveness, mm-hmm. very much the same um, in real estate, very much the same in CrossFit. And I think it's not just the competition, but it's also, um, you know, the level that you play against other people. And it, it's, it's the same when you compete in CrossFit or it's, you know, the same when you, you know, negotiate on a deal in real estate. So, I mean, those things, um, you know, really stuck out to me when I was playing cards. And what's great about playing live poker is that it's pretty relatable um, to kind of like your business sense in a way that, you know, you're actually, you know, competing with other people. But at the same time, you're also kind of reading tells. Mm. You're kind of reading their body language there. And you can kind of compare that to a sales meeting in which, you know, you're looking at them, um, you're trying to maybe, you know, put in a raise and you're trying to make them, you know, try to call you. Right. And you're also kind of seeing, you know, how are they looking at you? How are they breathing? 
right. um, there. Do you think that, you know, they're interested in the hand? So I, think, I can see yeah. a lot of similarities, you know, in poker. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's a game in which, you know, it also involves not just gambling in a sense, but it also involves, um, you know, game theory too. It's game theory. Um, it's percentages. It's math. But it's also like, you know, like you said, I think it's also good intuition. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, you're not thinking they're like a robot. You're also using your instincts. Uh, you know, and half, you know, a good percentage of the game is about observation. Mm -hmm. And you were mentioning tells, you know, I think it's very much detailed as to what they're really giving away. Right. You can ask a question a certain way. If they react a certain way, it kind of gives you a tell as to if there's, you know, if their hand's pretty strong or if they're kind of just trying to bluff. Right. Um, and the same for, you know, real estate, if you're negotiating, you know, certain, certain people are peacocking and really trying to, you know, oversell what they have. Right. And you, you kind of know. And the same um, in poker where, you know, if if you're quiet and if you're pretty meek, that's a pretty strong hand. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're talking a lot. You know, if you're trying to really be on the edge of your seat, you're trying to just um, flex about things. I know that it's a pretty weak hand. Yeah, they they say strong means weak, mm -hmm. and acting weak means strong. Yep. There, and you can and you can apply that to real life. There, mm -hmm. that's why, and I and I think that's why you know we love the game of poker, and that's kind of something that you know we have in common. Yeah. Um. There. Um. It's a it's a great game, and uh, it's a it's a game that I think we're going to continue playing. You know, oh. for the rest of our lives until yeah. you know we're able to. So. Yeah. You know, and even when I play cards, it's really not the hands that you win. I think the monetary value that comes with it, those are just bonuses. Yeah. But I really remember the hands that I lose, mm -hmm. right? And you kind of played over your in your head. It could be like, you know, what could I have done differently, right? Like, how do I, how did I misplay that? Or like, yeah, I mean, I understand certain percentages, and a lot of it sometimes, you know, it's unfortunate luck, yeah. right? But I mean, I try to play in my head and be like, you know, what could I do differently just so that I know situations better and how to set things up better for the next time um, and to have better successes for the next time, right? Yep, absolutely. Let's kind of talk about uh, real estate um, yep. again. You know, we've, uh, over, we've almost overcome the pandemic. Um, it's been a little over a year now um, since we've all been locked down and you know, we've been restricted to, you know, um, live meetings. What are some challenges that you've seen personally in the market? And has the pandemic changed some of your communicative tactics along the way here? Ooh, great question. Um, you know, in what we can do, what we couldn't do. Um, and we were kind of just at a loss because everything that we were doing um, and, you know, where were you able to get our leads and be able to have successful transactions? A lot of it came from open houses, yeah. right? Um, and then after that, you know, where now that wasn't the case, you had to find other ways. Like people were also farming, you know, setting up flyers, door knocking. So it was very personal business contact. And then so you take away that bread and butter, you take away the farming, you take away the, all those leads that you had before. Um, you know, so you have to adapt really quickly. So now, you know, now it's more of your sphere of influence, the people that you know, right? The people that yeah. you can trust. So I had to lean more on that. Um, you know, it made a ton of care calls. 
if I could be a resource. Um, and then, you know, from there are just like any other industry, our industry had to adapt. Um, so instead of, you know, having open houses, we set up something more very much like a VIP concierge service where everything is done through appointments. Hmm. Right. So there was an app uh, that we use called Calendly and that allows you to make reservations for a time slot of half an hour to 15 minutes, depending on the popularity of the home. Hmm. And then for that time frame, as long as you sign a waiver form, uh, you're able to tour and show those properties. Um, and so, you know, you have the entire half hour to yourselves. Um, you know, no one is going to bother you guys. It's just your agent and your clients and you're kind of going through the place by yourself. Right. So it's more like, you know, it's like VIP, like you have the whole place to yourself. And you right. come multiple times, check it all out, make sure that, you know, everything uh, is to your liking and then go ahead and see if you want to put an offer for the place. Um, so, you know, we, we, the business had to adapt a lot. Um, I think it became a little bit easier too, because we had access to technology. Hmm. Um, before, you know, you would meet your clients at, at a coffee shop or in the office, um, you know, or wherever was convenient, but now you can kind of pretty much zoom anytime, anywhere. Right. So they can zoom at the comfort of their home or their pajamas. Um, you know, it makes our job easier. We can share the screen. We can share, you know, what the what the offer contract looks like. We can share what the disclosure packet looks like. They can see pictures. They can see comparison for homes. Um, so it just became more accessible. And, mm -hmm. you know, being able to share, providing them more information so that it can help them make good decisions. Yeah. And I think it also helps a lot of companies and people evolve there yes. and be more adaptive to technology because I'm sure that you guys were um, very used to going through the open house, you know, mm -hmm. live person option mm -hmm. and just kind of showing up and, and telling people, okay, here's an open house, come out here and then we'll all collaborate. But now, you know, we're all forced to kind of go on to Zoom calls. We're all forced to, you know, use um, a new technology app um, to, you know, communicate with your clients, um, yes. here. And I think it, it all works out, you know, for the better, because now you can utilize all three or four of those things moving forward, as opposed to just, um, you know, just getting used to one, mm -hmm. um, task. So I think the you know, I always try to, you know, see things in the positive light, yeah. um, here. And I think the pandemic has forced companies to, you know, view their business models in various other ways yes. there. And I think it's, and it, I think it'll help them in, in the long run. Yeah. You know, um, I think most, most successful companies have also adapted their, you know, value proposition and business structure mm -hmm. around the pandemic. Um, you know, for us realtors, it's before, you know, we you can still work anywhere. That's not, that's not the problem. It's just more of, okay, well, how do I gain access? And before I had, you know, potential leads just walk through the door literally yeah right so now like okay well how do you generate leads you know so i mean now we've had more of capturing leads via facebook ads right social media is free mm -hmm. um you know videos are free so you know whatever there's so many platforms in our business where you can be successful it's just where you feel most comfortable 
Right. And then funny enough, like I probably had my best year during the pandemic. Mm. You know, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So it's just where you're being able to adapt quickly, um, you know, and it wasn't easy. I mean, you know, in the first, uh, you know, even after March, the first three months was kind of dry. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, things just turned around quickly and I had, I changed my mindset, um, you know, where, look, I'm going to just keep grinding and I'm going to keep calling, see how everyone's doing, you know, really focus on my sphere of influence, the people that I know best, the people that I, that trust me. And before I never really tapped into that, you know, mm -hmm. because when you're new and you're starting out, um, you know, you're like, who's going to trust me? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, who, who's, who's going to lean on me? Um, and, you know, because it's the hardest thing to do in my business is to create momentum and to yeah. get wins. And when you're starting out and you don't even know when you're interest is based on commission, uh, you know, and you're trying to figure out when the next one is right um and all the meantime you're still juggling as to like how do i do this business i'm learning still as i go right so um that first year was really tough really really tough um and then you know you're figuring things out and then sometimes you you know you get your you get your in your own way you trip yours you trip you know over yourself right until things become more crystal clear and, you know, where you, once you really figure stuff out, then you're like, okay, now this is where I can grow my business. This is how to improve. And this is where I'm not reinventing the wheel. This is how people, you know, always did it. It's just, are you willing to put the work into it? You know, if someone's coming out of college or they're trying to change careers um, here and want to get into real estate, what advice would you, you know, try to tell them? You know, I, I think starting young is great. Uh, you have a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. You're still very much single. You're going to have a you know, ton of time on your hands. It's just a matter of whether can you be disciplined, right? Mm -hmm. Can you really, um, are you patient enough before you, you know, you can really get the ground running? You know, like, can you work on those skills and can you hone your craft? Because you're going to have, you know, you're going to have years on us for sure. Right. You, you're definitely going to have more people, you know, within your group buying soon. Right. You can know more people because you're, you probably have more friends, social media savvy than, you know, than the older generation. Right. Um, but then at the same time, there's no other market than California in Silicon Valley is a 50, 900,000. Yeah. Right. Nowhere else. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to be stopping anytime soon, you know, and, you know, the way our market is, um, you know, it's just so competitive that anybody can break in. But, you know, you also have to be in, in a place where you are able to learn. And, you know, you can pick any brokerage, which is fine. But, do you know, how much growth can you have? How much education are you getting you know, what's your culture like there? Surround yourself with, with, you know, enablers, or are you are you surrounding yourself with people that's going to challenge you? You know, call you on your on your BS, right? Um, expose you for who you are, and then and then you know, try to build you up. 
So let's say someone joins a firm there and they feel that they're not, you know, getting educated the way they want to, or they're in a culture that they feel is not um, forcing them to grow. Sure. Do you do you advise for them to maybe jump to another firm um, there, or do you do you want them to maybe try to stick it out and um, maybe prove to themselves that they can, you know, succeed, you know, at their current level? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I think insanity would be doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, you know, but at the same time, do your due diligence and figure out, okay, well, what's what's good about this place, right? What are they offering me? Is it is it just verbiage? Is it just talk? Or you know, how could I learn? How could I grow? Do they have continued education? You know, do they have a good system in place for me? You know, what are some of the benefits that separates that brokerage than this one? Right. Um, I mean, those are all the things, because if you're looking for someone to just, you know, talk you up and, you know, oversell you, then any of the brokerage can do that. Yeah. But, you know, are you going to a place that has, you know, the the systems to really have you be successful? Right. Um, because the hardest thing about real estate, which is really interesting is we're all competing against each other right like we're our own business each of us even though i work on a team like i have all my clientele's mm -hmm. those my those are my my people mm -hmm. right but what makes it different is can can you be in a brokerage that's also very collaborative right can they share information with you can they share classes with you? Can they build you up with a CRM? Right. Right. Do they have enough structure, you know, where you have enough big name individuals that are listing agents, meaning their open houses allow you to get more leads mm. and you're able to work on them. Right. Yeah. Um, so a culture and, and yeah. so a culture and having a team where, you know, they're competing, but at the same time, you guys are also helping each other, sure. you know, win, you know, as a collective group as well. Yeah. Here. And it's not just like one man all for themselves there. I'm just going to take all the leads. I'm going to take all the revenue and have it all for myself. I'm not going to share it all, but I'm, but conversely, you want a team where each individual, they're able to, you know, share, you know, what's working for them or sure. share, you know, what they've done wrong in the past. And right. hopefully they can, um, communicate that to you so then you won't make that same mistake yeah as well i mean like you know for example i work on a team and there's i think there's there's four of us i'm sorry there's somebody so there's five of us right we have a team leader and you know and her job is to make sure that we're all striving towards our goals right hitting our numbers um and that we all have you know something to work towards throughout the whole year, right? And on a team, when one person's successful, all of us is successful, right? Because you're learning through that one transaction together. Mm -hmm. When somebody messes up, you're sharing because you're like, okay, look, you know, what what went wrong? You're kind of doing a quick autopsy. You're like, okay, what, what went wrong? And then you're sharing that so that, you know, we don't make the same mistakes twice. So, you know, everybody is working on different transactions. And so not every transaction 
is the same, right? Right. Come across different contingencies. You can come across different problems. You got to find different solutions. You got to be creative. Every, you know, every offer and every listing are different. You know, every contract is going to have a different price point. You can go from a three point four a $383,000 condo, right? Right, right. So they're, you treat everybody the same, but they're all going to be different scenarios. And so each one, you know, carries its own, um, you know, sets of problems. And then you are all sharing some of the things that you kind of go through. And then so when one person fails, we want to make sure that, hey, look, let's help that person out. And then let's learn from that so that we don't repeat those same mistakes. You know, you mentioned early in the show that you have a newborn baby here. How old? How old is uh? Is it he or she? She. So she. Riley is now sixteen months this month. Sixteen months old. Wow. Yeah. Man, time flies, huh? It just felt yeah. like yesterday um, that you and your wife, uh, you know, gave birth to. Mm -hmm. um to riley here um so yeah. you've been a father for you know 16 months what has fatherhood taught you oh my god i mean she is probably my big why every day you know mm -hmm. she's amazing um she was a christmas eve baby so she was about seven days of 2019 and then she got all of 2020 with the pandemic right yeah <laughs> so it's it, it hasn't been easy but you know if anything um, not with just the baby, but with also with, with COVID and the pandemic, it's it kind of taught us a lot about grit, mm -hmm. right? And just, uh, you know, the it, it's so tough with the baby. You don't realize how much free time you really had until you really don't have it anymore. Right. Um, you know, before the baby, I figured like, look, I could have written a novel. Like, <laughs> he has so much time, you know? And now you're, you'd be amazed at what you can do in 15 minutes. Yeah, you know, like be able to multitask so many things. You're like, I can juggle, I can change diapers, I can, you know, get myself dressed all at once. You know, like everything. You know, so, um, you know, but Riley, I call her my my greatest little teacher. You know, she's hmm. taught me so much about myself. Like, you know, where if if I lack patience, she will teach me patience. You know, um, if I, you know didn't communicate really well well i'm you know I'm, I'm i'm using words better now you know where i'm trying to be as clear with my wife to make sure we're on the same page um you know so i mean every little thing that you you know you have weaknesses in this baby will expose it that's uh that's awesome to hear you know and uh there's you know a lot of our you know listeners they're their fathers and some of them aren't. And it's always great to, you know, get their perspective, you know, especially, you know, after a year or so of, mm -hmm. of kind of being in, in the environment and how that's um, kind of affected your mindset. Sure. So really appreciate hearing that. Yeah. I mean, I, I love, I love being a dad. I really do. And I mean, especially I love being a girl dad. Um, she's definitely the apple of my eye and she definitely has, you know, I definitely, you know, she definitely has her, her, you know, wrap around my fingers for sure. Yeah. Let's go through uh, the final segment here of our show. Um, yeah. We usually go through quick rapid fire questions. So fire the rule is, what's that? 
fire away. Oh, fire it away. Yeah. So yeah. the rule is, you know, I'll ask you um, a simple question. And um, the only um, the only thing you have to do is try to answer in eight seconds or less here. Sure. Okay. First question for you. What is something most people do easily, but you find very, very difficult? Ooh, um, a second language. Second language. Okay. Have yeah. you tried learning a second language before and it's been... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like I'm the only Chinese person that only speaks English, you know? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you, you know the second one, you know, talking to you right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's, I told my wife, look, you know, it's really important that Riley learns also, you know, uh, Mandarin, mm -hmm. um, because I never really got, got that. But at the same time, you know, I, I do realize how important that is to, understand your culture and being connected, you know? So I told her that's really important. And then, you know, her priority is to be able to teach her Mandarin. It's, it's challenging, especially living in a, in the United States on there and you're, you know, growing through an education system that's, you know, mainly yeah. English um, here, yeah. you know, and, you know, as I was growing up as a child, I actually was um, taken to Chinese classes, mm -hmm. but then, you know, I stopped you know, going yeah. to it and I stopped and I don't talk, you know, Chinese, um, with my family. So right. eventually it all disappears. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. and as you've grown older, you can only pick up on certain words right. there, but then you can't really, you know, go through a full dialogue. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. I, mean, I, I, I always find this, uh, it's, I always find this funny because I feel like my wife is the interpreter between sometimes my parents and myself. Right. because they they're very limited into their level of english yeah I'm very limited to what i can you know explain um or english as to like their capacity right yeah so sometimes my wife is kind of like a bridge between the two and i'm just grateful for that <laughs> second question for you who is your favorite musician of all time and why wow Man, I really like um, I really like Talking Heads. Okay, it's just a classic, you know. Um, it's I, you know, every time I hear it on the radio, it's just songs that I would rather sing along. Um, you know, so that genre was uh, was pretty big in my um, growing up. Um, I remember the first CD I ever bought. It's kind of just gives away my age, but it was like Counting Crows, right? And that was like another good band that really stuck out to me too, because that was, you know, um, I would play that repeatedly over and over. Um, so those those two really stick out to me. All right. Um, next question for you. Name the first word that comes to mind about this podcast so far. Oh, uh, insightful. Okay. I like that. The last, the last guest said organized there. So, you know, I'll take insightful. <laughs> yeah. You know, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? Oh, man. Ooh, I would say, you know, put the work in. You know, it's mm -hmm. easy to take the shortcuts. But um, putting the work in, lily pad to lily pad, um, you know, that's, where, that's the way to go. 
I know you mentioned the book Atomic Habits here, but has another book or documentary ever changed your life? And if so, which one and why? Ooh, um, I mean, I saw one recently uh, for a documentary, and I love you know the ESPN Thirty for Thirty. There was one; uh, it was called Travis Roy, and I'm not sure if you know this uh, this Thirty Thirty. Do, do you remember this one? No, I haven't seen that. You know, I've seen actually a lot of the Thirty for Thirties here. This is probably one of the selective ones I haven't watched yet, but uh, do tell. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's a hockey player for Boston University, and it was his first shift as a freshman. Um, you know, and he just had either an awkward fall or an awkward hit into the boards, mm-hmm. and then from that very moment, he became paralyzed. Wow. You know, and then so he had to figure out what is it I want to do with the rest of my life. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, he's like, I had an amazing first 20 years. Um, and then can I have a really meaningful rest of my life? And, um, you know, from there, he just had to change his mindset. Uh, and I think his dad was a big pivotal role because he said that, you know, with paralysis, you are going to be able to, you know, you will be, you will find strength. You will find your reason in life. Mm. Right. And then you're like, you know, can you even find a bright side to paralysis? Yeah. You know, yeah. and, then, and then somehow he found it, um, and, you know, he started it, uh, his own, you know, I think it was the Travis Roy Foundation. And he helped, you know, thousands of people with paralysis to be able to, you know, from a wheelchair ramp to, um, you know, vehicles that help um, with their access to housing, to scholarships, to whatever was necessary for people, um, you know, that have paralysis. But I thought that was really profound because, you know, you can take something that's tragic in your life um, and really spin it in order to help others and not see yourself as, you know, as a victim. I love it. Did that um, documentary come out recently or it's been on ESPN's uh, list of 30 for 30 for a while? I don't know the time frame, but I did see it like not recently, but maybe like end of last year. Okay. And I think it's only because um, the uh, Travis Roy, the gentleman uh, himself, he actually passed away this past mm. year. Gotcha. Right. But they highlighted his life where, I mean, he, you know, he, he made such an impact throughout. And I think a lot of people in the Boston area are familiar with his story. So he's kind of like, you know, a folklore there. Um, but then he's seeing the story now, you know, um, especially now that he's passed, you kind of see where, you know, I think he was only like maybe 46, but the, you know, his other 20 years after his, um, his hockey accident is where he had an impact. Yeah, definitely got to watch that there. Yeah. You know, watching those kind of uh, documentaries or stories, it's really inspiring, you know, just goes to show that you can always try to turn a negative into a positive there. And instead of asking, you know, why did this happen to me? You can always Mm -hmm. ask yourself, well, you know, what can I make out of this situation? Right. And maybe there's maybe there's um, something that's, you know, truly that's truly there. Right. Instead of thinking, okay, well. I can't do this because this happened to me. Well, what can I do to turn my life around or what can I do to impact the world in that sense? Yeah. And, you know, it really shows you that, you know, 
whatever mindset you have is very limitless, you know? Yeah. Next question for you. If you can eat one type of cuisine for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ah, uh, sushi. sushi. Every day, all day. Just, yeah. Just snacks. <laughs> and you can never yeah. get sick of it, huh? Like, no, it's, I mean, you know, relatively healthy for the most part, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> it's amazing. I like that one. I love sushi. It's sushi. I, mean, I told my wife, it's just, you know, this is, I told my wife my, my goal for the rest, you know, my goal is to when I retire is I want to sell a hundred big homes here in California to yeah. buy one tiny home in Japan <laughs> and retire. <laughs> it's like just hashtag irony and just, <laughs> that's, that's my goal. That's what I want to do um, when I retire. Final question for you. What is your favorite beverage and why? God, you know, I'm not a big drinker, but mm -hmm. I do have a weakness for Coke. And that's just been my go-to thing. So when I get stressed or if I'm working, like right now, um, <laughs> I have Coke on the side as I'm doing the podcast with you just because I knew I can just relax and chill. Yeah. So that's my that's my go-to thing. That's my big weakness. My, my wife bugs me about it. You know, I told her, look, I have a few other vices, but if this is something that you can look past, um, you know, you know, I'd be really grateful. <laughs> awesome. You know, as we wrap up this week's episode, Kenny, um, you know, thank you very much for coming on to the show and, you know, talking about your journey and, you know, just being vulnerable um, here. You know, I really, really do appreciate that. Um, you know, as we conclude, where can our listeners find you um, here and what what would you like them to know? Oh, I mean, uh, you know, you can find me over at Keller Williams, Santa Clara Valley. You can find me on the Peterson Realty Team .com. So, you know, LinkedIn, you know, social media, Kenny Hahn. I mean, you can find me anywhere. Um, so I'm out there. You just got to just, you know, if you're looking for a home in the Bay Area, um, if you're looking for, you know, somebody who can be a great resource, whatever it is, um, or, you know, if you're looking for an avid sports fan to talk to, I'm right here. You know, Kenny, I can talk to you for hours. You know, I had a, I had other topics here and yeah. some other questions that we ne we didn't even get to. I mean, we, um, we during we this about time. The draft that's tomorrow. That's a big deal, right? To you, I'm sure it is. <laughs> oh, it's a big deal, you know. Yeah. But uh, you know, there's other topics that I would love to dive into. But yeah. let's maybe do a part two. Let's do it um, sometime down the line here. And uh, you know, once you know everyone gets their vaccines, I would love to, you know grab a drink or grab some dinner with you and, and catch up in person. Yeah, always. I mean, I, I appreciate the invite. Um, you know, I, I always look forward to catching up with you as well. Um, and congratulations on the next chapter of your life. I think it's, uh, I'm thrilled and, and overjoyed for you on that. And, you know, it's, uh, I'm sure, you know, um, these are big steps and the best is yet to come for you, man. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. You know, um, We'll definitely do a part two um, yeah. here because, you know, I, I would love to keep talking to you a lot more. And, you know, there's definitely other um, common interests that we have here that I would love to dive into as well. Mm -hmm. But Kenny, it's been great. We got to do this again. All right. Yeah. Likewise, my pleasure. And, and hopefully soon. Okay. Well, well, guys, thanks for listening. That's the show for today. Take care, everyone.